welcome to the GamesIndustry.biz podcast. I am your substitute host, Brendan Sinclair, and this week I am joined by... Marie D'Alessandri. Danielle Partis. Jeffrey Russo. And Chris Dring. Okay, and since uh, James Batchelor isn't here to talk about news or important stuff that happened, let's talk about uh, something kind of fun, maybe? E3 predictions, Ooh. right? Should be fun. Everyone likes Ooh. E3 predic- predictions. <laughs> yeah. I like I like getting overexcited and then being inevitably disappointed. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that's my job, too. <laughs> Sorry. It's an industry tradition. Okay, so let's let's all get just super stoked, hyped up for for E3 2021. <laughs> is is E3 really like are they are they stoked about this? It seems, I'm not sure if they know what's going on any more than we do. <laughs> it's, 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 the whole thing is it's quite funny, isn't it? Because you don't really need a physical event. Says says the says the business op- owned by Pax. You don't really need a physical events brand to bring together a load of digital shows, right? Um, and it's uh, but I guess it's all we're always going to call it E3, right? Even though half of it's in. Jeff Keighley's Summer Games Fest and half of it's in the Twitch, whatever they've called it. And um, and it's a bit messy yeah. and, and, you know, every, or some of it's in all of it, you know, and it's it's just a bit, it's a bit weird. Um, but mm. I'm, um, uh, but you see, we'll always call it E3. I mean, we used to, we, we go to all the press conferences at E3 and they're not actually part of E3. Um, so it, it gets to always be E3. I don't know, are you three excited about it? I think they, I think. Well, they, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I did. Danielle? I was going to just say that E3 for ages hasn't felt like an event. It's just more like a state of mind at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it's a state of Well, this is it. Like I love all the, when all the media, particularly the consumer media, talk about E3 and its relevance. And all the consumers are sort of a bit confused by that. It's because when, you, when you're a gamer, E3 is the... Is EA Play is E3. And, um, and all that kind of stuff is E3. They don't... Whether or not they're in the two halls in LACC is like... It's irrelevant to the people watching at home. Mm. It's only relevant to us who are walking around it, and um, uh, and we've all come to know E3 as a just the period in time of which games companies announce games, and that's what's coming up. So this this year's E3, um, where where are the expectations? Like, is is anyone expecting to be blown away in nah. the next few weeks? I'm expecting a lot of very, not a lot of low profile stuff, but I do think that COVID is still very much impacting a lot of stuff. So I'm actually not expecting anything too spectacular. Like I'm going to stop hoping for stuff like Beyond Good and Evil and all that sort of shit that I hope for every year. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm just, I don't know. I'm preparing myself to be disappointed, I think. Um, or, or rather, I'm just lowering my expectations because I'm I'm not... I don't think we'll be blown away this year, but I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. So from what I know, and I know some stuff, and I've got to be careful not to, when we're gossiping about, you know, what could they announce? Um, is the, uh, uh, is I'm expecting uh, an E3 that's a bit like an E3 you get towards the end of a console cycle, but before they've started talking about the new consoles. And I so therefore, I've spoken to some people that think this is going to be really disappointing and a washout, and we're not going to see very much at all. We're not going to get that. We're actually going to get some. There's going to be some good stuff. There's going to be some good stuff in the next couple of weeks. Some of it I don't know. Some of it I'm reliably told by the people. Oh, there's good stuff in our show, and um, and there's also 
but I also, if you're thinking like, oh, this is going to be make up for the last year of lack of announcements, um, you're going to be disappointed, I think. And so I think going to the approach of this will be rubbish and then being pleasantly surprised is probably the best way of going into it, Marie. So what you're <laughs> saying is keep expectations low. And if you're surprised, <laughs> hey, works out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, that's that's a pretty good way to go through. Uh, <laughs> um, I was going to say, um, um, picking back off uh, what Marie said, it's like I I just think it's interesting to see what you know what's going to be coming out of the pipeline because you know things things are changing, and I just think it's interesting to see how companies will gauge how they think what will be like you know really groundbreaking or quote-unquote shaking the table for folks to get um interested and you know hyped as it were i just think it's interesting from that Mm -hmm. sort of standpoint i'm not really going in there thinking like oh i just want to be blown away it's like no (laughs) (laughs) so let's start with um we'll we'll do some of the big companies uh but let's let's start with the bethesda xbox games showcase which is set for sunday june 13th um what i'm guessing the name is kind of a a clue as (laughs) as to some of what we should expect to see there yeah we got Uh, starfield i'm guessing (laughs) right are we gonna are we gonna see like a a lot of that or barely more than a tease i think we'll see i mean you think it's been a while since bethesda game studios as in the the fallout team the skyrim team have actually released anything i know there's been there was 76 but that was made by a lot of the the different team and then there's um and then uh so i i think i think they might be quite far along with that you know um i don't i don't think it's out this year i think it's probably a 2022 game but i think we'll see more than a sort of uh, what we what we got last time, which was a little tease. And we've, there's been some leaked screenshots and stuff. So they've got something to show us. I, I think we will. I think we'll actually see um, generally from Xbox and Bethesda, we'll start seeing stuff that's out sooner because Xbox spent the year really showing us stuff that's, I don't know, 2023, 2024 in sort of games like Fable and Neverwild and Perfect Dark. And I think we'll start seeing from this show things that are out sooner. And I think because they're being... They're being uh, Rob Fahey's article that went up today touched mm. upon it. And I and I think Xbox do have a lot to answer. They're hitting, they're doing so well on so many fronts, except the games front at the minute. You know, we know they're coming, but when are they coming? Is it years? And it's going to be too late by the time they arrive. Um, but I, I, I'm expecting to see Forza and I'm expecting to see, well, we know we'll see Halo and I expect to see quite a few. But they have lots of studios. I know two of them are making PlayStation exclusives at the minute, but um, they do have, <laughs> a, they have quite a bit coming up and I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm excited about it. You know, um, I think we'll. I think I think Xbox will have a good show this year. It's really kind of shocking to me that it's been three or four years now since they kind of ramped up their studio acquisition plans, and that's that's enough time to make a game, especially some of the you know like kind of mid-level, uh, step below AAA games that the studios they picked up are you know specializing in but the 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 you know series xs uh lineup of of software has really just been like kind of unimpressive as as yeah. far as a first party perspective goes 
Like, yeah. sh- shouldn't shouldn't some of those have started to bear fruit by now? Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, maybe. I mean, I think back to because I'm a bit of a fanboy. I think back to the time when Microsoft bought Rare, and <laughs> that's the time when people could make games a lot faster. And for the first game that Rare released after buying Microsoft was a Nintendo Grab game. Grab by the ghoulies. Yeah, well, well, that was the first Xbox no. game. That was the first Xbox game they did. Oh, okay. um, but their first, they did GBA games. They had, a, they had, a, they had a Star Fox Adventures, and then, and then they went, and then they went, and it was grabbed by the ghoulies, which was actually they, they originally, you know, Rare actually hoped to make that game a little bit more Xbox friendly. It was meant for the GameCube, and um, so you sort of got things that weren't intended for Xbox. So by the time you suddenly got Xbox games, it was actually the birth of the 360, which was three years later. We're seeing that now, I think, because like Psychonauts Two has been in development for about 500 years, and um, and there was Wasteland Three. So they bought a load of studios that were working on games. But they weren't Xbox games. They were working on PC games and stuff. And they're sort of going through that process of releasing them, updating them, looking after them. And by the time they've got around to starting development on their next projects and their first big proper Xbox games, you're actually looking at five, six years. And which so it's weird. I think people saw those studio acquisitions. They got very excited. You know, they're building a studio to make Perfect Dark. I mean, yeah, well, that's that that's six, seven years written all over it, right? And um and uh and I and it's just the way things the things are right now. And it's that's the thing that surprised me and I've talked to a few people about it. Xbox sort of gave up on the Xbox One generation years ago. So the the fact that they've not come out of the gate really strongly on Series X and S surprises me. But when I actually look at it and look at what they bought and what they were working on before they were bought, you suddenly realise that um they just they weren't ready yet uh to uh to suddenly just go right we're making a big xbox game this is what we're doing day one they're in the middle of other things and other deals so um but i think you know i still think that they've still got lots of studios right they've got lots of people you know turn 10 haven't released anything for ages um playground games have been working on whatever forza horizon now for a few years um i suspect and the rumor is it's a mexico game um and um and uh you, you know the coalition i guess gears wasn't that long ago and have they have they recommissioned Suma around Crackdown? Loads of things I don't know, but it's there's a lot of um, they, they they they've got to start announcing stuff that's coming out soon. Mm. I think they will. I, I am expecting them to. Yeah, same. I, um, I typically don't really look forward to it, or rather like don't mind about what Xbox does because I typically don't play on Xbox. But for the first time in many years, actually, I'm actually really excited to see what's going to come up out of this. Come out of this. Um, because, yeah, as, as you all pointed out, um, they spent a few years building up Game Pass, great service now, amazing. They spent a few years buying every studio they could. And so now it's time to do the video games, you know. Um, so I'm actually really looking forward to seeing what, what they're going to announce and what they're going to show. And, mm-hmm. and as always, I'm going to be super interested to see what Arcane in particular, is going to show. Mm. Uh, De- Deathloop is is out soon, so that's exciting. And I was when I was reading into E3 predictions type of things earlier, um, I wasn't aware, but there's rumors that Arcane is working on a vampire sim type of thing that's codenamed mm. Omen. I had not heard about that before because I typically don't actually read rumors, but I'm into that. Like Arcane doing vampire shit, yes, please. Um, so yeah, that could be exciting. I'm I'm hoping that they will show some smaller stuff as well. Um, we're still waiting for Cuphead DLC. I've been waiting for that for many years, so that'd be cool. And then Fable sounds like an exciting thing. Uh, yeah. I think you think we'll all wait for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually never played a Fable game before, believe it or not, but oh. that's why I want to actually see more of that one. I love Fable. 
I've missed that franchise. Obviously, the game that I really want them to announce is a new Banjo-Kazooie. Um, of course. <laughs> that's, that's when it matters to me. Um, but that's a sort of pie-in-the-sky sort of, oh, I'd like Nintendo to do a new F-Zero kind of thing. It's like, well, time's passed. Things have moved on. Um, but, uh, yeah. How much Halo Infinite do you think we're... Like, are they going to lean on it heavily the whole show? Give us, like, a 20-minute segment to, to close things off? Or, or is it more of a... Uh, you know, here's Halo Infinite, and you've known about this for a while, so we're just going to give you a taste of it and then move on to the other stuff. Probably not, considering that they did that and a release date wasn't provided. So I I would imagine, you know, they t- you know, did a temperature check of what was being said online in reaction to that. So I'm guessing probably not. Um, and I was thinking about that. Probably as, not going to focus on it or probably not going to give it the, the really short. It's probably going to get a shorter segment. I'm sorry. It's probably going to get a shorter segment. Okay. Um, because when I think about how this is going to be an Xbox and Bethesda show, you know, it, it's hmm. interesting to keep in mind that that's purposeful. So that way we know that, okay, we're probably not going to get like a lot of attention on big like Xbox exclusives or I could be wrong, you know, who, who knows, but I don't think. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it, it could go right, either way, right? right? I, 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 I could be like, they go big on just the big stuff. You know, we're not going to get Commander Keen and, um, uh, <laughs> and uh, whatever the, you know, whatever the obscure Xbox game they've brought back from, from mm-hmm. life. Um, no, if there is, if there is a requisite, like five minute segment on Elder Scrolls online, I am just going <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I don't, I mean, we could, I, I, the thing is with Halo Infinite is I think, I think Halo Infinite is on the back foot suddenly, like it's, it's going to, it's going to be their big game this Christmas. It's, it needs to be. And the, the reveal they did last year didn't go down well. I thought it looked good, but it didn't go down well with consumers. So I think they do, when they show something next, they've got to try and convince people that things are different now. They've taken the time, taken the extra six months and they've really made some big improvements. And um, I think they'll want to show that. Whether they do that in a sort of segment so they can guarantee that it's a good bit or whether they do it in a longer segment, I don't know. But I expect that that's a big, it's going to have to be a big focus for them. Um, uh, I also expect, one thing we're not talking about here is that ask few Xbox conferences. It's been a big like industry moment where they do something that was industry news, games industry.biz news, like the, the, the year they announced, oh, we bought these five studios or the year that's they true. went, oh, yeah, in the year they went, oh, we've gone massive and backwards compatibility and completely surprising. We weren't expecting it. And they've, and they've just made a big business decision that's for consumers. So something that we get to get sink our teeth into. I kind of expect something like that. And whether it's an acquisition or whether it's a we're now doing this with the Xbox or something, you know, that we weren't expecting. I wouldn't be surprised if we get a big piece of news that we would uh, jump on very quickly. Who could they acquire? <laughs> we could be all day with that. <laughs> um, I don't think we're going to get. I mean, I wouldn't be. I'm. I mean, I might be wrong. But I'm not expecting a Sega or anything like that. I. I. You know, you might get a, a couple of um, uh, mid-level sort of studios who are looking to. You know. You know. <clears throat> I don't know. Could be. Could. It could be a. You know, remedy and a Mercury Steam or something. Or you could get a. I don't know. It's, it's 
there's a lot. Interestingly, what's happened about four or five years ago is lots of studios got start started up of people who left studios that had just been bought by Microsoft have set up their own studio. They're now like 80, 90 people strong. <laughs> so they're going, right, Microsoft are going to buy this one as well. Um, <laughs> but um, I don't know. I, I, but I do expect something. I, I would, I'd expect something a bit like that. I'm still expecting them or waiting for them to uh, buy a Japanese studio in their continued efforts to crack into that market and and in the process just taint them with the microsoft brand thing yeah I'm, it's really hard isn't it successful if you're a japanese studio and you sell to microsoft you've kind of put yourself in a in a bit of a in a bit of a pickle really um it's, it's weird i they, they obviously they when they bought bethesda they did buy um oh the ghost War tokyo they did buy a japanese studio there's a japanese studio yeah. in that um, tango thing. gameworks that's it that's the one um so um, they do have one now, uh, but, but you know, I don't. Working. Maybe a sorry. Maybe a no, Kojima, Marie. No, no, nothing. I was good. Oh no, ignore me. <laughs> I was just going to say that Ghostwire Tokyo is is PlayStation exclusive, isn't it? So yeah, Tango yeah. is an Xbox studio, but it's working on a PlayStation game. Yeah, I don't think I, we're going to see uh, Ghostwire Tokyo at the Bethesda Xbox game. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. That's the thing. I would love. I I keep asking. I'm, I wonder if they're going to show the PlayStation games. Um, um, I don't, judging by the phrasing of their release, I don't think they are. Um, uh, it's, but, but they must be, because the thing is, Bethesda's basically acting like an independent at the minute. So I bet Bethesda's a bit like, actually, could we show our two of our big games? Um, but uh, I suspect it'll be quite Xbox focused. Maybe the Bethesda games will be in the PlayStation event, which I'm sure they'll do. Um, Man, I, I think Japanese studio is what they're interested in, but they've been doing a lot of Japanese partnerships, like bringing games like Final Fantasy and um, uh, uh, Yakuza and stuff to Game Pass. And um, I just, I find was like a platinum games and stuff. I think selling to Microsoft really does cut off your home market. And um, yeah, you sort of really need to buy into that. I would, I wouldn't be surprised if Microsoft has signed Kojima's next title or something, something mm. like shocking like that. That's an interesting so, one. Uh, m moving on to one of my favorite old school acquisition targets for Microsoft, uh, Nintendo. <laughs> 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 Look, I, I, I was going to forums in the 90s. I, I heard all those kids whose uncles were well-placed within the industry. <laughs> I, I, I know what's happening any day now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So Nintendo, we were recording this on Friday. Uh, everyone is uh, getting impatient about the Switch Pro launch, which I think was reported to be made, uh, the announcement to be made yesterday, the day before, the day before that. Last year. <laughs> Next year. <laughs> so uh, is this thing going to get... Uh, Let's let's make predictions that when people hear this will be you know obvious whether or not we are right or not. Uh, might be. Is this thing going to get announced before E three? Hmm. I want to believe it is, <laughs> but there's a big difference between me wanting it to be a reality and it actually happening. You, Brendan and Chris, you both pointed out something in the phrasing of um, when Nintendo announced its software. Uh, showcase a direct for uh, E3 week 
that it was specified as software, right? And didn't you have like a theory that that could mean that actually hardware is not a thing that's going to be announced or something? Yeah, yeah. Because the Nintendo Directory 3, they said it's like, what, 40 minutes of uh, Switch software mm. focus, so- which seems like a pretty... It's the kind of thing in previous E3s when someone didn't have hardware to show they would tell people like hey it's our it's our software yeah. showcase all focused on the games not the hardware don't get your hopes up and be mad at us yeah i i it's in uh, so i've heard i've been told that nintendo is announcing a switch pro before e3 right and Eurogame has been told the same thing and and bloomberg's been told the same thing we've all heard this but we've heard we've heard you know, I've been. I've heard. I've heard a game informer going to Nintendo to play a Star Fox racing game, which they was going to be on the cover, and then they pulled it at the last minute. And the games that was like two years ago. And so where's that game gone? Now, this is. This isn't. I can never. The, the stories I hear are so absolutely. This is definitely happening, and then it doesn't happen. And I don't know if that's because uh, Chinese. Uh, not, sorry, I don't know if that's because um, uh, the rumors aren't um, uh, uh, sort of being misheard or misrepresented, or things are changing. I don't know. Um, I remember, and I've told this story on the podcast before, when the Switch was announced about how the UK team didn't know the release date until the video aired, right? So there's a lot of people that are, a lot of the, even internally, they're just hearing things from some of their mate internally who heard something from their boss, who heard something from their boss. And then that person is the one that's leaking the information to the press. And it's like, even so there's so much removed there. So that's why a lot of this, I always take this pinch of salt. Um, but I did expect... Um, I did expect, uh, I do expect it still. I think the software thing surprised me because um, for what you just said there, this is, everyone gets too excited about every Nintendo Direct. So Nintendo will say, this is going to focus on games that are we're announcing in the next three months, are going to release in the next three months. So you can think, ah, oh, it's probably not Metroid Prime then, right? Um, with this, this, this presentation is going to focus on software. Okay, so it's not going to be a new console. It's setting expectations. And if they are, if they are planning on announcing a console in the next week, they don't need to set that expectation because we will have had, we would have been satisfied by the console announcement. Um, I've had a chat with some of the other people that have heard similar things, and their view is um, that. Uh, that's just Nintendo letting you know this is the software one and the hardware thing's happening before. Um, and the, the thinking behind the hardware happening before is so that people like Ubisoft's Forward and stuff like that, if they've got a Switch game, they can show it running on a the new Switch rather than <clears throat> showing it on the old Switch. And it's the reason why Nintendo are doing it before the event, um, which makes sense. So um, I've really been non-committal there, but I, I'm really wary with Nintendo rumours because I hear things that are absolute truth. And I remember many, many years ago, um, I heard that um, Nintendo had developed a game called, well, Pokemon Company made a game called Pokemon Stars, which is a sun and moon, like the next game in the sun and moon thing. They developed it and it was showing it internally. But it was vague enough that made me get nervous that when I did a story about Nintendo Switch lineup, I referenced there's a Pokemon game in the works. That's all I referenced because I was just so nervous about being too specific about anything that Nintendo was doing. Meanwhile, Tom, our friend over at Eurogamer, he went very specific on Pokemon Stars and it ended up biting him because they never announced that game. They never released it. Um, and um, and uh, and he said, if it was true, it's true. And people throw it at him all the time. And I know it's true. I heard the exact same thing he heard. Um, but uh, clearly they just went, right we're gonna make let's go instead or we're, that was just us testing what we can do on switch you know it was just um yeah it's a lot of the time i'm worried that where these rumors are coming from um and what we're hearing is is not quite what they're saying but um <clears throat> anyway that's that, my waffling that reminds me 
of uh, one of one of my first uh, E3s for GameSpot. Um, well, maybe not that early, but uh, it was in LA, and we had uh, the day before been told like, okay, here's here's some things about the Microsoft press conference that they're going to be announcing. Um, here's some details under embargo. And I was passed these details from another GameSpot staffer uh, who told me it was under embargo. And I don't, I don't know for sure that it was, um, you know, ultimately from like a Microsoft person prepping us under embargo officially kind of thing, or someone who had heard something from someone that works at Microsoft. But they told us uh, they're going to announce Halo Wars. And it's developed by Ensemble. It's a real-time strategy game and just a whole bunch of details about it. And mm-hmm. this was like the evening before their their press release. And so I, I write up the story and I'm sitting there like the entire conference waiting for them to announce it so I can just hit publish on it. And then the show just ends. <laughs> and it's like, the, I'm what happened there? And I, it was it was months and months if not like a full year to the next e3 or whatever before they finally announced halo wars yeah and and it was it was just like this kind of a um uh, i don't know a, a, a bit of a revelation for me there at the time that that how much all these e3 shows might seem from the outside like they're really well put together or choreographed or at least intentional and and how often uh behind the scenes things in this industry and i suspect any industry really are just things constantly on fire and people scrambling (laughs) to get something together at the last second well two i I can tell you something more the most famous story of that is the famous 299 speech that sony did in the very first press conference they ever did where they announced the, the release date they announced the release price of the very first PlayStation. It was E3 1995. Steve Race went on stage. He just he walked up and he went 299 and he walked off. And everyone's viewed it as the great mic drop. It was massively undercut the Sega Saturn. It was a great mic drop. But the reason why he had such a short speech is because up until 20 minutes before the press conference, they hadn't agreed on the price. Um, and so there was there was this back and forth with Japan. And eventually they agreed on the price just before he went on stage. Of course, he didn't have a speech. He had a speech ready explaining why it was going to be 399. And when uh, it wasn't going to be 399, he didn't have a speech that was relevant anymore. So he just went up on stage and went 299, right? And it was, it's that, you know, this stuff changes like drastically. I'm, before my time on MCV, just before it, Nintendo leaked deliberately. This is a different era, a different team. They're not there anymore. Came to the MCV where I used to work and said, the Wii is going to be announced at 149 in the UK. And there's, I think they said there's going to be a bundle with Wii Play and an extra Wii remote that's 199. And so we put that on the front cover of the magazine that week. And then the day afterwards, Nintendo announced it was 17999 and it was going to be one model and the Wii Play wasn't bundled with it. And um, we we looked at Nintendo and said, what the he- what happened? And he went, things changed and it was like within days and um and it's and we had this uh, i had a I, I actually had a personal experience of the playstation vita price which changed by 10 quid uh, from they leaked that they didn't leak it actually they gave it to me in advance because the announcement was thursday morning and uh, no the announcement was in the morning was like around the same time the magazine hits and they they planned it they embargoed it and set it all up but they the price had changed between the moment they sent me the press release and the thing it got released and this is what happens right so you know 
and that's the reason why I'm always nervous about and not that I do it very often anyway because I like the surprise but I don't do much leaking and I don't do much reveals because it all changes and it can change in a second and it's um but yeah um loads of stories like that go on all day so aside from the hardware <laughs> what are we expecting <laughs> from from Nintendo is it is it are we going to see Breath of the Wild 2 this year what are the what are the big franchises that Nintendo has that haven't hit the switch yet or are we going to start you know doing another lap of the the classics maybe a Mario Kart I don't know if it, I think we're due a new Mario Kart but Mario Kart 8 sells like 50,000 copies every time you sneeze so it <laughs> it feels like they could maybe bring in some new Mario Kart content but a 9 still feels a little bit of a way off to me anyway. New yeah. content would be even that would be amazing for Nintendo to kind of like go back to something that it already abandoned way too early. They did they did they did an, they did an update the other, the other, other week it was like tweaking some like balancing stuff. The first update they've done in over eighteen months or something, and it was just like okay, hmm. but no, but that's what I mean. No, they did. I'm not disagreeing with you, Brendan. It just it's got people, oh. it's got people's eyes, eyebrows raising, going, oh, hang on, they haven't forgotten, they haven't forgotten, they've got this game here. Um, so, uh, um, but yeah, I, I don't think I don't because the thing is they have just launched Mario Kart, and I think want to do a better tie up with Mario Kart um, Tour, and they've done that home circuit game they did last year. They actually have released two Mario Kart games in the last year, but um, yeah, I don't think it's needed. It feels like a unnecessary. If you're a game um, doing another Mario Kart, just update eight. It's just give us some more of that. It's just so popular. Um, the thing with Nintendo at E3 is they tend to announce. They tend to, E3 presentations tend to focus on what's coming up at Christmas. And the cool thing is we actually don't have, know what they've got coming up at Christmas. So it will be something new. Um, and it could be Breath of the Wild 2. If it's Breath of the Wild 2, it's coming out at Christmas. I don't expect them to show anything else other than Breath of the Wild 2. I just think that's, that's what you focus on, right? It's, that's what they did last time. And they do this a lot with it with Smash Brothers and Odyssey. They get a big game. They focus mostly on that well, and then show us. <laughs> that's what they did last time with the first Breath of the Wild because they had literally nothing No, else. yeah, it's true, it's true, it's true, that's true. But with, with the year, they, in the first year of Switch, their, their E3 presentation, it had a couple of other games, but it was almost all on Odyssey. And they did the same following year with Smash Brothers. And the only time they didn't do that in recent history, years was when they did Luigi's Mansion and Link's Awakening and they had a sort of Pokemon, they did a sort of variety. Um, so I think it depends what they've got coming up at Christmas. If Breath of the Wild is this Christmas, then I expect... A big Breath of the Wild blowout. If it's not, if it's March next year or whatever, that other rumours or expectations or just gets, guesses, which I think is what the media is doing at the minute, is um, then maybe we'll get like a tease um, and then they'll tell us they'll show us more later in the year. You know, it's it's, it's, a, it's a normal thing to have a Numa pop up and say, sorry, I don't have anything to show you. And then him wandering off. That's what he's that's what he does now. That's his, that's his, that's his role in Nintendo. Um, but... Um, um, but the, I don't. Um, I don't think. I don't think Breath of, Breath of the Wild two would be Q one twenty twenty two though, because that's when the new Pokemon is coming out. Oh, right? it's in, so yeah. it's January. January. It's not March. It's January. I was just checking. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm expecting Breath of the Wild two more as a as a Q four thing, a Christmas game, and I'm hoping that would be aligned with the 
potential Switch Pro. I know we're not talking about hardware anymore, but that is kind of my hope. I don't know if yeah. this is more of a hope than a prediction, <laughs> yeah. but it would it, it would make sense to me yeah. the same way the the Switch got so successful thanks to not only thanks to Breath of the Wild, but that did play an incredible role, yeah. right? Um, uh, so it would make sense to to launch the Pro along, alongside. Um, Oh. Breath of the Wild 2 in Q4 and I, that's I, Christmas sorted Chris <laughs> I, cer- I certainly expect that I, not, I certainly would it wouldn't surprise me I guess interestingly because I thought the same thing as you because they're moving this Pokemon open world game into Q1 and that suggests they've got something in Q4 but actually mm. someone else said to me it's quite early to launch a Pokemon game in the year are they moving it so early to get it away from Breath of the Wild in March you know, to make sure there's a bit of a gap between it. And I, mean, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't think of that. Like, there's always somebody that presents the other side of that reasoning. And it, it's, so I don't know. I, but it could be Breath of the Wild. Um, it could be a Metroid Prime thing, or it could be a Zelda collection and Donkey Kong and, <gasps> yes. um, and, and, and those other rumours. Um, I actually don't know. And I kind of like not knowing. Um, I look for, I mean, I'm hoping it's, thing is in Nintendo though, unlike Microsoft, but Microsoft got a lot to prove. And Rob Faye said that Nintendo doesn't have so much to prove in theirs. I think Nintendo do. Like they're selling really well. They're very popular commercially. Everything's going fine. Their fan base is quite frustrated with them. Um, I can't go. In. Every Nintendo forum is filled with people getting annoyed with Nintendo. They haven't released a big game since last March. Well over a year. Everything's been quite small and niche, and not all of it's been great. Um, and I know they've done Monster Hunter. They've done Mario uh, 3D. What? But nobody. It's all. They're just releasing ports. All this kind of stuff. It's all a bit. Uh, they were Pokemon Snap. I mean, I, maybe that's not what people wanted, but I thought it was a good enough game. And I'm like, I feel like Nintendo fans are just never happy. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Well, I like, I like, I like the Mario collection, and I like Paper Mario. And I've not played Hyrule Warriors, but I, I don't. That's probably not my thing. But um, you know, there are they have released stuff. It's just that Pokemon Snap. It's quite quite a niche thing, even though it, it's done quite well. It's it's not. Uh, it, it, Nintendo's not what Nintendo fans are craving, and um, so I do think there's a bit of pressure on Nintendo to show something that that people are going to go yes and it's a metroid or a zelda i think are the two mm. are the two that people want that um at the minute but you know maybe we'll get splatoon 3 again and it will be like oh, okay oh um, yeah i forgot about that altogether so bayonetta 3 you think they're gonna go back to uh, mario odyssey this generation i actually think That's, they're done with mario Oh, no, I, I, don't say things like that, Chris. That's, that's <laughs> like, no, not forever, to be clear. I just meant, <laughs> like, this generation, they've done New Super Mario U, they've, and Brothers U, they've done Mario Odyssey, they've done Mario 3D Collection, they've got Mario 3D World, and they've got Bowser's Fury, and you've got Super Mario Maker. There's been a lot of Mario platformers in this generation, and they've actually got to the point now where they're competing with each other. Um, and if I was Nintendo, I'd be like, you know what? We're probably set for Mario games. That type of Mario game, not Mario games generally. Like there'll be always Mario Soccer or something. But um, uh, uh, and you know the rumor that the Mario team is working on Donkey Kong, which is what came out a couple of weeks. That makes sense to me. They'd be like, oh, it's a different IP. They can do different things with it, um, and it doesn't put them toe to toe with themselves. That's what they're doing. They're just competing with themselves at the moment. And um, particularly, one of the reasons why I think they stopped manufacturing the mario 3d collection is because it was all just mario games competing with mario games um but um i mean i'd love to see an odyssey too but i just don't know if we'll see that um i don't know if that's if that makes sense but because i've been playing replaying galaxy 2 and that game is excellent and getting that in mario galaxy in the wii generation is like I don't know. That that seemed a, a uh, divergence from the normal formula for for Nintendo, and I'd, I'd actually kind of love to see that again. Well, you talk on board for an Odyssey too. You're yeah, talking. To, 
Well, the whole idea of Nintendo only does two Mario, one Mario game a generation actually comes from the fact that Nintendo generations tend to be really short. Like, you know, the N64 um, was actually relatively long, but the, the GameCube generation was only three and a bit years. And the Wii generation was quite long and it had two Mario games in it. You know, the SNES generation was quite like two Mario games in it. So it is, it, I, I, the Switch generation is going to go on for a while. We're into year five, you know, it's, um, it's still going incredibly strong. And, um, uh, so the Mario team does have time to make more than one game, more than two games, you know. So it's um, it's not possible to think. It. I just wonder because all the Wii U ports and everything has just made it a bit congested in the Mario platform space. But uh, I'd love it to be Odyssey too. I loved Odyssey. I thought it was great. Regarding the the hardware, I and while we were speaking with that, you know, Nintendo's always been the kind of company that, um, you know, they dictate their own time and space for things right so i'm pretty sure they're gonna probably announce that away from e3 when they'll have the most i guess uh opportune time to shine a light on themselves so i'm guessing after maybe the month following who knows um but yeah as far as games coming out i think we'll hear something about metroid and get a release date for splatoon 3 hopefully and um yeah that's all i had to say oh going on metroid I tell you what, I'm not expecting Metroid Prime Four, but I wouldn't be surprised if we get Metroid something, mm. like a like a 2D Metroid or something like that. Because because the, they they basically have two Metroid franchises, the 2D one and the 3D one, and the 3D ones restarted development and everything. So you know, only started like what a year ago, eighteen months ago. So they're still that's still relatively early stage development, and I just think, or maybe mid stage. Uh, but I do think we might get a maybe a Mercury Steam Metroid game or something. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if we get something like that. I think my my only Nintendo prediction that I'm almost certain will become reality is that they, at 99% sure, they're going to announce Smash Bros. Fighters, question mark. Like, that's the only thing where I'm like, yeah, that's likely to happen. The rest, I'm like, I have no idea what's coming. And 95% is the Smash Bros. Fighter will have a sword. Yes, (laughs) 100% (laughs) that. Uh, okay, Mo- moving on to Sony, who is not actually at E3, but uh, this summer they're, they're going to be announcing some stuff. They've already shown a bit of Horizon Forbidden West. Um, are we expecting much more from Sony this summer? Well, now that they have delayed God of War... I I don't have any hopes anymore. Uh, <laughs> everything is sad and cold and dark. Um, no, I'll be honest. I um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I had expectations, and genuinely though, that the fact they delayed um, that and stuff kind of um, yeah made me doubt a lot of things that I thought were I thought were potentially happening. So I don't actually expect to see much God of War, which is. As we well, have understood by now, the main thing I was looking forward to. Um, sorry, Chris, you were going to say something. No, I, I think we might see God of War. Because I, I, so. I thought it was surprising they announced God of War last year with a logo and then said it was out in a year. I was a bit, you know, the delay for me feels inevitable. And although I know that, you know, people have said, no, we honestly thought it was coming. I'm like, were you? <laughs> well, you didn't really show us anything. And, um, uh, and it's just seemed a bit too soon. Um, so... Um, I don't know, PlayStation was surprised me last year because I know it was because it was the PS5 launch lineup. But PlayStation had this terrible habit during the whole PS4 generation of announcing a game like three years before they launched it. Um, and then towards the end, they really slowed that down and they sort of started showing games that were a lot closer to, you know, they announced loads of games at the end of the, in the middle of last year that wasn't out. You know, they, they, are, they haven't announced, they, they, you know, 
they, they, so I wouldn't be surprised if the PlayStation shows something where they've got here's Gran Turismo Seven, here is um, uh, here is uh, um, yeah, God of War because they haven't shown us much of those games yet. Um, and they've obviously got Deathloop, they've got Ghostwire Tokyo coming up. They have quite a few games coming up, and um, and Horizon. Obviously, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a bit of that. I guess um, the question is, do they have anything more? Um, Naughty Dog, are they are they got anything to show us? too early i don't know is ben's new ip ready jade raymond's new ip probably too soon um there's the destiny the the probably monster studio who have made up of destiny team members have they got anything to tease us yet um psvr2 that's another thing yes of course yeah yeah that's something i'd be really interesting to see i I'm one of the three people who love vr and i'm like i'd be really (laughs) excited to see what what psvr2 um yeah, has in stock. But I was going to say as well, in, like, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, actually. Uh, Team Azobi, Azobi? I don't know how you pronounce it. Yeah. I know you mean. We don't either. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <Azobi> okay. <sounds> good. <laughs> I was waiting for an answer, but no, okay. Uh, so Team Azobi, I think they, they seem to be putting quite a lot of uh, the spotlight on that team. And uh, Astrobot, I think, did really well. Astrobot, is that the name of this game? I'm so sorry. I should know all these things because I've loved that Playroom. game. Astrobot. What? Astro, sorry. Astro, so that, Astro, Astro, Playroom, isn't it? I think. Astro's, yes, thank you. I think you're correct. I wish I knew before I. Astrobot's fine for the franchise. People know who we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you're right. But Astro's Playroom is what I was trying to say. Add such a, like, great success as a launch title for the ps5 was rather as a title that was on the ps5 when it launched that i wouldn't be surprised if we saw something from that team at e3 just because we know they've been investing in that team a fair bit uh they are part of sony now blah 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 so yeah that would be i'm hoping at least that maybe that's something we see at e3 sorry that was a wreck of a prediction but hopefully you got it (laughs) yeah no i got it i you know what though i think third party stuff because um, PlayStation typically is a big third-party company. Um, it's what their games. I know they've changed, but um, Grand Theft Auto Five is like one of the big games of Christmas. And we haven't seen that yet. I think that's going to be. I know that's not a PlayStation. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Grand Theft Auto Five. Are we talking like Christmas 2013, 2014? Yeah. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> but it will be. It will be. It will be a big game. It will be a big launch. Um, and and a PlayStation had featured it in their PS5 reveal. Do you remember that? Here's our PS5 reveal, and it opened with a trailer for Grand Theft Auto on PS4, and um, and it was a, but it was it's it's a big deal, um, and that kind of stuff is, and so um, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if that features somewhere. I know that's not technically a PlayStation thing, but that is yeah, something maybe that... uh, maybe we'll we'll get like a ten minute segment about uh, Call of Duty live service stuff, which yeah. oh boy. I... I'm thinking of you all remember uh I think uh the game was called Stray where you're this cat and you're walking around a city and everyone's like <laughs> robots and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Yeah, I'm thinking that we might see more of that hopefully or more, you know, maybe more mid-tier level, you know, games. Mm-hmm. Um be- yeah. It it would be nice to see more of that from Sony because for for years they were really like big on showcasing indies at at the at the e3 show and their big conferences but as soon as like ps4 took a stranglehold and was clearly not going to give it up they're like oh let's just have our e3 show be our four triple a titles stuff like that 
Yeah. yeah. Well, I do. Yeah, you, you, Yoshida's team are doing a really good job, I think. So I think, you know, and they've hired this nobody, I've never heard of him, a guy called <laughs> Matt Andrahan. Uh, so, they, so you know, I'm, so, yeah, I'm sure that there's a, uh, I'm sure they've got some really cool stuff as well. Um, but that stuff's like impossible to predict, isn't it? I mean, it's weird stuff. Yeah. But I'm, I'm also thinking too that, you know, after we got that update and also reading, you know, Chris's um, piece about, sony and having titles also on the playstation 4 and 5 i'm i would like to hope you know of course it could be wrong as this is a prediction that they have some other things in the pot to show folks to be excited about because the thing is you can only get so far enticing folks with triple a efforts right i mean yeah yeah i guess you need a bit of variety right in there um so on the on the third party front, uh, a lot of companies have their own uh, shows here. Rather than go through all of them individually, uh, you got like Ubisoft, Take Two, EA. They're actually their shows in July. Uh, EA Play Live, which is interesting to put it so far from uh, E3. I guess we'll probably see some of EA's stuff on the platform holder show, though. Um, Square Enix, Gearbox. They've all got things to to show off. Um, is there anything from any of those publishers that uh, anyone is particularly excited about? I know there are some leaks and rumors going around about them. So for Square Enix, there's a rumor of a title with them, and I, I think Koei Tecmo, I could be wrong, about a Final Fantasy title that's not traditional. Um I'm guessing something in the vein of perhaps similar to Neo. I I don't know. I could be wrong of what I read, but that's interesting um, to see what they do next. Um, I think that's something that might be on folks' radar. Um, For me personally, I hope it's something like that. Well, I know, I know, I don't know. I'm sure they've got more. Than, they might have that. The only get a square minutes game I know is going to be shown is the Guardians of the Galaxy game by IDOS Montreal. Mm. Um, and um, I'm not that excited by it <laughs> um, but, um, because um, I don't know why. I don't know what it is. I just it's the same with the the, the, the two Ks. Mark, you know, Firax is one of one of my favourite game studios. You know, Civil, Civilization and XCOM. I love those two games. The fact they're making a Marvel XCOM game should really, really, really excite me. But it doesn't for some reason. And I think because I imagine it's like my first XCOM. Um, but um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not that excited. I think Avengers has really sucked my excitement for Marvel. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think yeah, no, I agree. I'm, I'm completely a, with you on that one. Sorry. I think that's kind of a problem with a lot of the Marvel licensed stuff. Uh, Spider-Man on PS4 and 5 uh, aside is like the, the cinematic universe has taken over so much of nerd culture that these different takes that we see on it that are really trying to like tap into it and rub off of it, but aren't using the, you know, the, the likenesses of, of the cast or aren't, uh, don't have the same like quality of, of writing behind it. They, they feel, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm a recovering comic nerd, I guess. Um, and I'll still read them on my phone from time to time. I should be, and I was always Marvel, not, you know, not into DC, but I should be the target market for all this kind of stuff. 
uh, outside of me being in my 40s. Um, and most of them have just fallen flat for me in recent years. Like, I don't know how they made a Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 on the Switch and didn't get me to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, so I'm, I'm not you. I'm the opposite. Like I've never no interest in it, and I think the reason why Spider-Man works and the Batman works is that people are used to those actors and those, you know, those, those brands have existed long, you know, before the latest comic book trend. Whereas Iron Man didn't, you know, and, and I know it did as a comic, but in terms of like popular consciousness, and um, Captain America didn't, and, and all that, you know, uh, Black Widow and Wonder Woman, and all that kind of stuff, and I just. It's very hard to get like a tie into the hilarious Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Great. Oh, that's a weird spin-off one done by the team behind Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Ah, you know, I might, maybe, probably not. Um, so it's, uh, but I, I'm, I'm being unfair. It's, it's not, I'm sure it might be great. They're a good studio. They've made great games. And I just, I just not pretty excited about it. Um, but, uh, you know, I kind of wish, you know, the news that, Fer- I know Ferrax has actually got a couple of games to announce, but um, the fact they're announcing a Marvel one, doesn't excite me. I, I, I'd rather they did an XCOM because I love those games. But. I never got around to playing Marvel Ultimate Alliance because I was just busy at that time. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, because you can only keep up with so many games. Um, I mean, it'll be interesting to see because I, I'm always one to just see how folks either if, if it's not necessarily a new idea what what are you doing with the ip that that could be interesting and this could you know um be a lightning strike i don't know if that's how the, the saying goes but sorry um yeah it, it could be really interesting and i i think that's something to look forward to um if not out of sheer curiosity okay so bigger picture last last thing i'll i'll ask everyone about um general state of e3 and the health of the show and presuming e3 2022 can be in person again has it i mean it was already kind of um on uneven footing heading into the pandemic i think have the last two years hurt it at all and do you expect it to make a full recovery I think what's interesting is that last year people realised that the spread out of announcements wasn't great. So this year they brought them closer together. And I think that tells people that people like having this big moment in June where these things are announced. I think what, why we, if I am to be E3, I'm a little bit concerned, is that the industry managed to come together and put all their announcements, put their, all their events in June, despite the fact there's no E3. So, you know, this is the thing I always used to fear about. If there was no E3 to anchor everybody, well, they all just wander off and do and get wander off into different months and we lose that big lightning strike moment of everyone getting very excited about games. E3 isn't needed like but this year. This isn't this isn't, you know, I said this earlier, you don't need a physical you don't need a physical show organizer in the digital space, right? Microsoft has a bigger presence digitally. Every publisher has a bigger dig- presence digitally than E3. Um so they don't need them and you still come together anyway. And I think if I was and if you're all these publishers, you can say, well, we'll still announce, you know, EA was the first one to do it. EA was the first one to go, we're still going to take part, we're still going to be part of E3 week, but we're not part of E3. And we kind of have that now with everybody. Um, and I think now it's the role of, now the physical show has to go, okay, well, what role do we play in these people's like plans to have big announcements? What can we do that will, that people will come and support, you know? And at the moment, fewer and fewer people are supporting a, a central um, 
show where it's still lots of people there, but fewer of them where they just show boobs. Um, I think that is, I think that's a good thing. I think it's, it's a real channel E3's uh, role and they'll go, right, what do we do? What, what is it? You know, it's a big celebration of games. All the companies are going to come together and do announcements anyway. What can we do in the middle of that that brings everything together? Whether it's, is it is it a trade show? Probably not. Is it a consumer show? If it is, you need to change this show because it, it doesn't work for consumers. Everything's behind closed doors. Um, if it is a consumer show, how are you going to engage the trade? Because the trade don't want to be wrestling with 300,000 gamers to try and have a look at the new CD project title or whatever. There's a lot of questions they have to answer and they're complicated and, you know, but um, I think what I've seen is that people do get very excited about all the news happening at roughly the same time. And so I think it's just, uh, I think everything needs to evolve. Everything needs to work out its place, but there's an opportunity. And, um, and, uh, and I think it's, it's still, E3s to lose. It's still the most we're talking about. We're doing doing an entire month of content and we've got E3 in the headline, right? We're doing an E3 podcast. Everyone's talking about E3. Still is the name that everyone refers to. It just needs to, it just needs to find its role in that. Yeah, I agree with, yeah, with everything you just said, I think. I think E3 is not going anywhere, but at the same time, it's not needed as much. And it's like, if, if the past year has proven anything to anyone in the industry is that uh, we are quite resilient and there's just more and more flexibility to do whatever you want to do as a game company. So I think E3 is not going anywhere, but it, it does need to find its way in uh, this new formats of events that people are doing that are that can be in-person events, but also digital and also sometimes a bit of both. And E3 is not going anywhere. It's still going to be a, a, a moment in the year where people are going to gather and expect news and celebrate together. But it's also cool that other people don't wait for E3 to do these things or do their own events outside of that. I think I think next E3 is going to be quite a celebration if it does happen. Touching Woods, everything's going to be fine by then. Uh, but yeah, I think people will be really happy to... Uh, to celebrate and be together at that point, but I'm yeah. I don't know what it's gonna be like then. I just know that it is likely to not be the same as it was before because there is there's so many things that have changed in terms of how events can happen in this industry now that it, it can't it can't be the same thing as it was before. Yeah, I. I just wanted to add, you know, on to what, what was already said. Yeah, definitely. I think that given what's happened in the past year, folks have definitely thought about how, you know, in-person events and just events in, in general, how they've been ran and how they can, I guess the word I want to use is be better. Uh, <laughs> um, and, you know, it, it, it's not just, you know, to Chris's the point that Chris made is not just them thinking about how they want to make sure that they get trade involved and then consumers involved, but also let's be honest, keeping folks safe. I'll, I'll say it because that's a conversation that's come up and they need to think about that too. Um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully it's for the better. Um, what that'll look like in the future. I don't know, but we'll, we'll all see. Um, I just hope they just give it a lot of thought and yeah, of course, E3 still, is a big thing. We have a podcast literally dedicated to it going on right now. Um, yeah, it'll just be interesting to see how it evolves, whether or not um, I would hope the first E3 I go to, I don't have to like 
fight a whole bunch of people. <laughs> I'm not claustrophobic or anything, but <laughs> I just hope I don't do that. Yeah, it can be intense. Yeah. I, lo- I love Gamescom. Like, I just, it, Gamescom's got this amazing show floor filled with people. It's rammed and there's loads of stuff going on. There's esports competitions, there's people giving away t shirts, there's tons of different games, old games, new games, retro games, farming simulators, all this kind of stuff going on on the show floor. And then they've got the rest of the event, is uh, and the other half of the event is these really quiet little booths where all the companies are and you get to wander around. There's places to sit down, have a cup of tea, and get your laptop out. And it's, it's, they're all, they're not, they're not. Not big fancy, not not just not noisy. Lots of room in the aisles. Can sit down, have a little quiet drink, and have an interview with someone. And um, and I love that. I love the fact they got the excitement, and you've also got the actual ability to do the job. E three is like a hybrid of those two, and as a result, it's not a great consumer show, and it's not an overly great trade show. It's exciting, but it's not. It's not. It doesn't. The function of it isn't quite right. And I and I feel more than ever now. Um, in, that they need to get that function right um but you know they're smart people they know what to do they just need to try and get their uh, their members to agree that's all we have time for this week uh you can find all previous podcasts including episodes of the game developers playlist and the five games of on your podcasting platform of choice and as always you can get more news insight and analysis into the world behind video games at gamesindustry.biz Treat for James.